So yesterday, big day around the state. Um, I don't think it was any surprise. I don't think there were any surprises expected. Uh, Nikki Haley didn't have a, a chance to win, uh, but is she? did she gain a few hearts and minds in Michigan? I, I don't know. Let's find out how this all played out. Dennis Lennox, Michigan uh, GOP strategist, good friend of the show. Always good to have you back on with us. Morning, Denny. Hey, good morning, Mike. Always nice to be back with you. Was the big story yesterday more voter turnout than anything? <laughs> well, I think there were a couple stories. I'm actually a little bit more interested in what came out of the Kent County courtroom just before polls closed <laughs> with the judge ruled on the Caramo matter. I actually think yeah. that might have been the biggest story yesterday because the, the expected happened. Biden won. Trump won. Yeah. Um, you know, you could you know you could dive a little deeper numbers and say that you've got to be concerned if you're a Democrat and 100,000 Democratic voters chose uncommitted. Um, if you know, if you add up uncommitted, if you add up the votes for Marianne Williamson, if you add up the votes for Dean Phillips, that's about 20 percent of Democrats said they don't want Joe Biden. Now the question is. How many of those voters come home in November to rally around Biden, assuming he's the nominee? I guess you could also ask the same question about Nikki Haley's 26 percent. How many of those 26 percent? And, you know, and if you toss in the 3 percent of the uncommitted on the Republican side, that brings the anti-Trump vote up to 29 percent. How many of those 29 percent come home in in November? And Anyone actually knows. Um. Let's get to the Christina Caramo thing then. Uh, what has she said? Is she going to turn the keys over to those P.O. boxes? Does that literally happen? Well, ironically, I, the judge's order, as I read it, actually didn't say that. Now, she's got an injunction. She can't call herself chair. She can't raise money. She can't hold herself out there. But I didn't actually see something in the order that said, you know, by the way, provide the passwords to the Twitter account by, you know, 5 p.m. on this day, right? So my guess is going to be, you know, either she's going to have to comply with that or maybe there's going to have to be some sort of supplemental order from the court. It's hard to see her continuing to fight this. She has no money first and foremost to fight it, and lawyers cost money, particularly on appeal. Uh, the real question here is how quickly can Pete Hookster put the, the pieces back together of the Michigan Republican Party that, you know, the, the party has basically not existed now for a year and a half in Michigan. And we're going into the general election now with Trump most likely the nominee and potentially a very competitive U.S. Senate race. And we have a state Republican Party that's bankrupt um, and, you know, is in desperate need of rebuilding. Well, can Pete Hoekstra put the party back together again? What's he have to do to make that happen? Is he going to have to have a kumbaya moment? Everybody, come on, we're going to do a team-building event at the Ropes course? I, I, I have full confidence that Pete Hoekstra is the man for the job and can do it. The problem is it's just going to take a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of organizational effort, and there's just not that much time. Uh, you know, it, it, it does take time to put things together. You can't just create an entity overnight and you know whether it's hiring staff whether it's raising money you know there are you know there are only so many donors out there who can write checks and at the end of the day the problem that Pete Hookster is going to have is many of the Karamo like-minded activists still dominate the party so are we just going to see 
Karamo and those people reemerge after November and take control of the party again when there's an election for chair in 25? I don't know. I mean, is this going to be all for nothing? Uh, That's the real question. Dennis Lennox, a GOP strategist, always uh, on with a, a good uh, analysis of things political. And uh, I love having you on, Danny. So, so have you ever in your years seen something more chaotic than this election cycle, this 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 uh, this time around? And, and, and I mean, we're not even in the general election yet. Mike. <laughs> uh, I mean, I threw out conventional wisdom a long time ago. I mean, because, you know, clearly, you know, conventional wisdom has been shattered in the age of Trump. Uh, you know, I, I think there's still people out there who are correct. I'm one of them when they say there's a game plan here in which Trump or Biden aren't actually the nominees of their party. I think it's probably more likely to happen on the Democratic side because, again, about 20 percent of Democrats yesterday in Michigan chose not to vote uh, for Joe Biden. That's a huge number when you look at how close the margins are in states like Michigan, Wisconsin. Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, which are, you know, the battleground or toss-up states this cycle. None of the other states matter except for those. They can't. Okay, so, and I've gone down this road as well, as you know. I I can't see how Joe Biden is the guy, and I think there's a number of ways that they can make that happen and save face and all that stuff. But then who? Not Kamala Harris. J.B. Pritzner, the governor of Illinois, or Galvin Newsom, the governor of California. That, that's who I've got my eye on. I think I think Pritzner is probably the most likely option for two reasons. Number one, he's a billionaire and can literally self-fund a campaign overnight. And number two, where's the Democratic convention being held? In Chicago. What state is Chicago in Illinois? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the governor of Illinois? J.B. Pritzner. <laughs> so I, I, I think there's a a strong possibility. I don't know if they, I, I don't know if I would say 50 50, let's say 40% possibility, 30% possibility that once Trump officially becomes the nominee of the Republican Party, the Democrats ditch Biden. Wow. All right. So I'm going to write that down, by the way, Dennis. I'm writing that down today, February 28th. Okay, got it. Uh, now, let's talk about. Um, Idaho, that's, isn't Idaho Saturday? I think we have Idaho and then we have Super Tuesday. At what point does Nikki Haley, or does she, does she take us all the way to the convention? Or does she go, okay, I got it, all right. I think that's that's the unknown, right? Nikki Haley needs an exit plan. Uh, she, you know, she's going to have to reconcile herself with the inevitable. And the inevitable is Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party, barring something else happening that would make him ineligible or from a health standpoint, he is going to be the nominee. Now, she can continue to, to wage the campaign. She's within it's within her right and her prerogative to do that. And I do think, you know, she does have a point that you know, we've only had six contests so far. But she hasn't won anywhere. It would be different if she won somewhere. Um, and so I think she's got to find a way in which at some point she can get out of this and save faith, but also bring her voters into the Republican Party fold in November. You can't have a situation where in Michigan, 26 percent or in New Hampshire, 43 percent uh, desert your standard bearer in the general election. And look, at the end of the day, Mike, 
you know, if there was an ever a moment for a third party or a major no party candidate, this is the cycle. I mean, 70 percent of Americans don't want Biden or Trump. So you would think we would see that coming on more vigorously at this point, wouldn't you? You would think, but what's the only thing the two major parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, agree on is keeping everybody else out of the game. And so, yeah, you know, there are some minor parties, and yeah, there are groups like No Labels talking about putting a unity ticket together. But the two parties have such a stranglehold over the rules of the game, and ultimately it's only five or six battleground states that actually matter so, you know, you've got to get on the ballot, and it doesn't matter if you're on the ballot in Idaho. It matters if you're on the ballot in Michigan or Wisconsin. And it's just so difficult to do that if you don't actually have a real party around you. All right. So, Dennis, then talking third party is is it's kind of like, OK, now follow me on this. Might get a little weird. Is kind of like the EV deal when it, it, that's a generational thing. I think, okay, the electric vehicle thing, acceptance thereof, that's generational. One generation, two generations down the line, people, more people are going to be, not, I'm not one of them, but, you know, okay. So is a third-party acceptance, is generational. More young voters looking at this, especially this cycle, so chaotic, and then who knows, down the line, one or two more, generationally, would they be more open to a third party? You know, I think I think people have had these conversations, people much smarter than I in the past. And yet we There's no one much smarter than you, Dennis. You know, yet we, we continue to have donkeys and elephants, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. the, 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 the two parties have shown a remarkable ability in over you know, almost 200 years to survive and adapt and maintain a two-party system in the United States by and large. Yes, there's no question that in states like Colorado, there are more independents than there are Democrats and Republicans now. In Michigan, Michigan's not a party registration. People forget this. Michigan is not a party registration state. You know, most people in Michigan aren't Republican or Democrat, and yet those two parties have a complete monopoly on the Michigan electoral system. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting discussion you and I should have over lunch, and we should plant a microphone on the table and just, you know, do like a listen-in thing. That might be kind of fun. Dennis Lennox. Michigan GOP strategist Donald Trump wins uh, and Joe Biden. Yeah, he wins. Uh, but there's a lot of uncommitteds there. Onward we go. Super Tuesday. Uh, oh, well, uh, tell me, running mate Donald Trump, who do you think? Give me your thoughts. My guess, it's either going to be Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, or Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota. What do you think of the, the governor of Iowa? We had uh, a former governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker, on. Talking about he he wrote a piece saying, take a look at the governor of Iowa. Well, Kim Reynolds is attractive, literally and figuratively. Uh, she could help unify the party a little bit because she, of course, she was a DeSantis backer, and so she could bring in some of those people who did it support Trump in the primary, and she would cause no harm to the ticket because at the end of the day, that's what your running mate is supposed to do: cause no harm to the ticket. Ah. I get that. All right. Dennis, uh, it's always fun, man. I'm going to cut you loose and let you talk to uh, other folks, although there aren't really any other folks, let's be honest. You're just going to go get a coffee, aren't you? I don't know. I'm going to start going by the hours. (laughs) Hey, buddy. We'll talk again soon, all right? Thanks, Mike. See ya. Dennis Lennox right there. We're going to do this and come back. 
1320 WILS. Mike Austin with you back in just a minute.